Hello everybody, welcome to Broom Wagon or Broom Wagoon. For sure, this time you will get there on a road bike. Because we are not talking about any... Uh, it's a kind of an exploration, but nothing super gravel or dirt roads or really rough as it is usually. Yes, today is back. Tip Top Tuesday is back and I'm gonna talk with Simon and with a special guest that you're gonna know a bit more. Anyways, this recording was made at the beginning of the month, still I think is a perfect scenario also to introduce the topic of today, but first of all, the contacts. Yes, hello at calamaro.cc, always my email, my handle on Instagram and on Facebook is calamaro.cc, then you have read calamaro on Twitter, and then don't forget my... Uh, stores no is these are not stores because i don't have any merch uh how can they call it yeah the places the server the provider that are giving you the possibility to listen to this amazing piece of content to my voice that today sounds a bit uh let's say no nosy nosy <laughs> a bit more let's say my nose is a bit closed because of my cold uh but anyways this is the season um, as I was mentioning, yes, Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Go out there, look for Broom Vagon, and if and when you have the possibility, three things. Subscribe, comment, and share the content, the episodes with everybody. So, it's super easy. Send me feedbacks, comment on the episode, subscribe to this amazing podcast. And I'm not saying this because it's mine but just because I'm having a lot of fun on doing it. And remember to share, because everybody should take advantage on this thing over here. Uh, just maybe a couple of small things before to start. So just as usual, to put everything in a context. Today is Tuesday, the 29th of January. And last week I received in my email address an amazing invite from whom would you say i can tell you that from the 3t people sounds like they are making a presentation on the 6th of february and so i'm gonna take a train from here to zurich and i will try to get on time at 3 30 at the um at the place as the um, where the factory of 3t is because i want to have a look to the amazing offices new offices that they have and also i want to listen to what they're gonna tell me it's gonna be an exclusive invitation and i can tell you also that the invitation itself the piece of paper itself it's amazing and i can't wait to see some news over there so stay tuned on my social media and also on this podcast because probably next week you're gonna listen a bit not probably the next week but the week after you're gonna listen something more about it i will think about something like a special episode maybe or stuff like this just something small but stay tuned go back to the tip top tuesdays of today so i was saying that it's something really in the context for this season i'm having a look outside from my window and i can say that is snowy around even if the sky is super super blue and i'm gonna go out with a bicycle in about one hour don't tell to anybody that uh so the topic of today of tip top tuesday is about the training camps everything about the training camps and my point of view and especially simon point of view you're gonna listen to it right now okay here you go here it, there is the guy that actually gave us a huge don't say that stefano is not good but who was not present on the last episode of the tip top tuesday so but why we are going to explain you why in a couple of seconds first of all hi simon how are you doing ciao ciao stefano very very good yeah yeah i can i can see the point actually i can see why you are really really good tell us where you are uh, gran canaria uh so i i decided to go for 10 days 11 days or yeah 
almost two weeks of uh, Gran Canaria for a training camp. Okay, Gran Canaria where? Gran Canaria, we are in uh, Mas Palomas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, on the... Um, on the main island, but not not on Tenerife. So there is no Teda in here, which was a disappointment for for a friend of mine. <laughs> but still, yep. Uh, so you are telling me that you are not alone? No, I'm with uh, with a friend from London, actually. Okay. Uh, he's also with with us today. So Carlo. Hi, Carlo. Welcome, welcome to this crazy shit that we call Tip Top Tuesdays on Broom Wagon. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and just put everything in a context. Maybe it's better. Let's, let's say, let's step back a couple of steps. And uh, you said something like around a couple of weeks. Tell me about hours on the bike, kilometers and meters of altitude that you have done, guys. Yeah, so let's say after Christmas we felt a bit in guilt, so we decided to go for this training camp of 10 days. Um, we missed one more day to go. Uh, so far we did something around 15,000 meters of altitude and around 800 kilometers, mm-hmm. more or less, 800 oh. He did more. I did less. <laughs> ah, okay. Because at a certain point, when there is a situation where you have to turn right, okay, come on, Carlo, we have to go here on the right. You were actually sneakily going on the left side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but at that point, he disappeared. Uh, I found him back home afterwards. But okay. <laughs> ah, sorry, Simon. I have to pee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see you home. Okay, <laughs> I can see it. And uh, yeah, it makes no sense at all. But because anyways, come on, you are going to Gran Canaria and you just want to lay on the beach and uh, drink some mojitos. No, 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 no. That's the wrong way to to go to to Gran Canaria. It's the other way around. You go to (laughs) Gran Canaria and you do the bike. If you have time, you go to the beach. I I know there is a beach here, but I, I haven't seen it. Okay. Okay. But how does it look like? How Gran Canaria look like? Gran Canaria looks like, <clears throat> uh, to me it feels like being in Europe, but you're actually in Africa. Okay. 20, 25 degrees every day. Ah, oh, 20, 25 degrees. Yep. Okay. And uh, yeah, weather was good, everything was fine. Well, uh, But you have also in another time zone. Yeah, one hour difference though, it's not no ah, big deal. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so perfect for Carlo, then he feels home because he yeah. lives in London, same time zone, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, okay, and then I would say that the topic of today, it's, it sounds pretty, pretty, pretty clear. We're going to talk about training camps and uh, how they work, and uh, let's see what's coming out of it. But first of that, first of starting on that, why are you doing... Okay, I believe that is the perfect vacation for us that are completely insane for bicycle. Something like pick up your stuff, go on where the weather is hot or warm better and riding your bicycle maybe on the mountains but you are doing it also because you have a goal for the year right apart from the holy week that is the most important goal yeah yeah yeah. i'm preparing the out route in in august so this is probably a, a good way to start 2019 to put some extra kilometers in it and to yeah prepare also mentally for what's for what's going to happen in 2019 so in 10 days here, uh, you can completely relax. You can prepare yourself, your body a little bit. Uh, it's, yeah, in my opinion, a, a very good way to start the year. Okay, okay. It's not the first time that you're doing No, uh, for me, it's the fourth year straight that I'm coming here. Okay, uh, always in Gran Canaria. Always in Gran Canaria, but I've been to Las Palmas for three times, and now it's in, in Mas Palomas. But let's say that for... For the first two times, it was holidays. Uh, this year and also last year was a really a real training camp. So it changed a little bit. Cool. Makes sense. So, okay, let's start from the beginning. In your opinion or whatever, what a training camp is? Uh, what, what is it? Uh, it? It's a period of time that uh, you dedicate to, to yourself and to the bike. So you're free of any other thoughts. You don't have much else around, and you focus on on, on these things. So you you come, you you go to a training camp to to relax yourself, to train, 
and to come back to the, your usual life in a better shape. Uh, because the thing that I see, actually, for me, I've been in a couple of training camps that for me, more than a training camp is actually a good way for making a vacation while you are discovering new places and where you can eat whatever comes close to you. And uh, what, 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 do you, what do you mean, eat whatever comes close to you? Whatever. If at a certain point you are completely starving, you are really close to bonking, and then a sheep come close to you, you oh. can give a bite to it. And yeah, okay. It's not a shame. Or on the other side, if you are just riding as crazy as you can, and then probably it's a really, really hot day, and then there is, I don't know, a field of watermelons, Okay, you I think that you are allowed to just uh, step out, step on the, the fence and uh, break a watermelon in two and put your face into it without any problem. Uh, yeah, okay, I, I see we have a, a, a little bit of a different approach. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know how many kilometers you have to do that day? You bring the bars, you, you see where there are the, the restaurants? No? Water? No, no, no. Okay. No, the Wa point is that the first of all I first of all I believe that actually um, a good way to make so for me usually training camps were really only an excuse to explore and discover something new and uh, also to meet new people so put this one in this way so for sure so get completely into the culture that's the point so for sure it makes sense to bring your water it makes sense for sure to bring also some safety net called bar or gel but nothing is better actually to stop on a restaurant and eat whatever or maybe get used to the tasties that you can find around um let's say in the local agriculture field so that's why i would say that probably breaking some watermelon is not a crime at the end of the day um, you see for me the one big difference is here because during the the rides that um i i do during the training camp if i can i try to limit as much as possible every stop oh. so I, I start i try to stop only once for water some food and then i come home once I'm home, I can relax and can do whatever you want. But during the ride, I try to limit uh, the stops. I mean, one stop during the ride can be okay, but I'm, I, I will not be stopping every hour. So no stopping, no picture, no photo stops, nothing like that. Well, yeah, yeah, some pictures and, and stuff around when you're cruising that can be fun. But um, I'm I'm not the kind of guy that stops every I don't know. Oh, let's see a new village. Let's make a picture in front of the sign. I have a better solution than for you for next year, Simon. Mm. Uh, actually, I will invite you here at my place in Switzerland. Then I will set up an amazing indoor training for you. I will pull completely with all my power that I can, all the power of the eating, really, really high. So you can train for five, six, seven hours. Then at the end, you can have a bath into the bath hub. And uh, yeah, I think it makes sense, right? It's exactly the same thing. You're going to a new place. You have to discover new things, no? I, I Otherwise, see. you can stay home and then sleep. And then I, I, It's not that while I'm around, I don't see anything. I just don't like to stop too much. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I see the same things that you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. As I was saying, for me, exploring is the main thing. Mm, okay. For you, it's training the main thing. It makes sense. At the end, it's the name of it is a training camp, not exploring camp. You said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. And uh, so, in that case, I just have said this tagline, training camp. Tell me then, in your opinion, in your point of view, from your angle, why do you do it? Well, uh, let's say that also uh, after Christmas, I feel a little bit in guilt. So, you know, in Italy, there is a good tradition in eating for Christmas. So... That, that, that's a factor that uh, comes in. Okay. <laughs> escape uh, from food. Escape from food, uh, but mostly also for myself, it's escape from stress. Okay. Um, I like to escape from stress. I'm here. I, I tell people that I don't have internet. Um, it's not true, but I like to tell this way. <laughs> Makes sense. And, 
And also, yeah, here it's not cold. I'm not really a, a winter guy. So we come from Italy. Nobody of us is a winter guy. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then escaping from food and also I think from relatives and all the family reunions, it makes sense. And then going where the weather is better. Yeah, yeah. For for myself, that's that's the the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see the point. For me, it's actually exactly the same. The first time that I've done a training camp, let's call it in that, let's call it in that way. It was some time ago, and it was in Mallorca, and I was really escaping trying to get out from the winter in Berlin. I remember that when I left, I was doing some trainings for uh, my summer season. And the only time that I had back in Berlin, it was actually around seven o'clock and doing something like in, in the afternoon and uh, doing something like, I don't know, uh, 60, 80 kilometers in the night. So we're talking about three, three hours, two and a half, three hours of rides every night with really freezing temperature. So the thing that I said, I said, you know what, fuck it, let's go to Mallorca. And that's what they've done there. Just jumping on the bike and make as many kilometers as you can do. So escaping from the extreme weather condition. But you know what? I can completely see the point and I can completely see on doing these kind of things while you are in winter. So flying where the temperature are a bit more decent, let's say. But I was doing exactly the same while I was living back to Italy. And uh, usually in July or August, I could not ride the bicycle, apart from riding the bicycle at 5 o'clock in the morning, um, during the day because it was too hot. And the thing that I was doing, I was taking my flights or whatever and going up to the mountains and then, or a train or whatever, and then riding the bicycle for one week, for 10 days in the mountains. And this is another good point. What do you think? So for sure, uh, getting warmer is something, but also, so eating yourself up, but also the frosting. It's, uh, sorry, but also uh, kind of get in a situation where you can also ride without completely boiling your brain up. Yeah, I agree on that. Yeah. Because I don't know if you do that. No, usually you you ride also in the microwave, in the microwave. So <laughs> yeah. the average middleman like me, without a lot of purposes, a lot of goals for the new season, is just a good way to get in shape. I think I've never burned six thousand calories per day like I'm doing here. So <laughs> I think it's good to for your body to to function a little bit more than usual. Uh, usually it's PowerPoint and Excel, while here you, you move other muscles other than your pinkies. Uh, just want to ask you a question, Carlo, maybe you can give me an answer on that. Did you eat the, did you, sorry, did you hit the scale before going with Simon on the training camp and then you're going to do it after or not? <laughs> because... I just would like to know how many kilos are you going to lose in these 10 days with this monster that is close to you? Uh, I, I don't know. I just want I, I, um, I want to see the high test from my friends and colleagues once I'm back. I don't okay. care about the scale, just the A test. You even have a scale? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think this is something pretty common. I don't have it as well. I really size myself, I scale, I scale myself just in front of the mirror. You know, completely dress up before to go out with a bicycle in the mornings. Just put yourself completely into your kit, so completely covered by lycra. You watch it yourself and say, hmm, you got a couple of kilos, man, huh? <laughs> no, That's the only way. To be honest, I don't know how it's possible, but in 10 days, Carlo now has more lean legs than I do. Uh, I'm pretty envious about this. Uh, I don't like really? it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy. There is that probably because it, it's everything in terms of potential, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing. Uh, I can okay. I we touch, uh, we really slightly touch this topic, uh, at the beginning, but just go a bit deep into it, a bit deeper. When to do it than a training camp? Because for you, it looks like it's something that you're doing only in winter, right? And when I have holidays, it's not that I can choose holidays uh, anytime I want. So around Christmas for me is fine. I have longer holidays, so cold holidays. 
put those things together, both training camp. Let's go. Okay, okay. No, just I wanted to ask you this question because actually for me, uh, training camp, as I would say, training camp is just an excuse to make something like a bit more active holidays and also to enjoy a bit more something like decent holidays, uh, sorry, decent weather out there. So for me, it doesn't make, doesn't make completely sense to do it only in winter. So that's why from time to time it happens that I actually really moving out from the heat and uh, I don't know, going also in August in places where it's a bit more, let's say, chill. Mm. But I can completely see the point because for me it's discovering and uh, jumping on the bike as much as you can. For you, it's training. That's the kind of difference. So if for you it's training, this means that for you uh, guys in summer, it's really race season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. And then we have the Holy Week at the end of the day. So yeah, It's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. And then where to do it? Mountains. Pretty easy. Okay, mountains with ease. Found a mountain, go up and down the same mountain. Okay, 10 days, that's it. Okay, t <laughs> the same one. <laughs> All right, we chose Gran Canaria. It has one mountain in the middle. <laughs> and then you have five ways to go on, on it. So you choose your own way. Is it a mountain or is it a volcano? <laughs> ah, geographic. Come on, <laughs> we have to check it out. It is a volcano. It is a volcano, probably, yes. Yeah, I believe so. How is the name of it? What? Uh, mountain? The name of the mountain slash volcano, yeah. The Pico de las Nieves. Ah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Is there snow? No. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pico no. de la Potential Nieves, yeah. yeah, makes sense. Why do you ask these questions? I mean... Ah, come on, I'm just interested in geography, you know, culture. You, we can call it culture, not only bicycle culture. Okay. Yeah, so, okay, so you have always been on doing your training camp in the same place. It's It looks really you, right? This is actually something like a habit that looks like you 360 degrees. Going all the time in the same way because the point is that put uh, altitude and put power and put watts into your legs, nothing else. I, I don't want big surprises. No, you don't like surprises, man. No. no. Mm. For in my opinion, on the other side, it's always good to change from time to time the places where you are doing your training camp. Yeah, I chose the other side of the island, so it's pretty, pretty a big change. But same mountain. Oh, yeah, of course. There's only one. There's only one. It's no, no, you can't do much. Yeah, as I was saying, for me, it's usually uh, mostly Mallorca. At least I can tell you that in the island of Mallorca, you have more hills and climbs to do. It's not only Sacalobra, but... There are more or less, more of them. So if I can give you a suggestion, go there. It's amazing. But something that I was thinking about, it was, uh, okay, for example, probably I'm going to do um, kind of a training camp or something similar at the south of uh, Spain. I'm talking about Alicante. It's not really used to be um, yeah, a training camp, a place like, I don't know, Mallorca, Gran Canaria, or Girona, where people, where cyclists go to do their training, but still, it's a good place to discover. Otherwise, I've been also to Girona a couple of times, because escaping from winter is the most important thing. Another thing that I was thinking about, so I was thinking in this period, while I was back to Italy, I actually started discovering Calabria, my birthplace, also as a training place. Well, I believe that next year my training camp is going to be based there. I believe that I have to put something really um, good protections, let's say, on my body and on my bicycle because there are people, they, they, I believe that people are not, you know, developed on understanding that also a bicycle can ride on, on their roads. So it's a bit dangerous. But doing your training camp in different places and discovering something new and actually escape from the classical places where you are doing usually your training camps could be a solution yeah be careful not to find yourself in difficult situations where you know you just jump over a fence and you might get shot exactly exactly that's something that in calabria usually doesn't happen it's something that happens here in Switzerland. I will not go deep into this topic at the moment because I don't want to get in trouble with, you know, I don't want to do it. Yeah, but people remember that if it's written verboten, don't go there. 
Exactly. Whatever happens, if some, there is this amazing website, I will tell it to everybody. I think that everybody knows it already. The name is dangerousroads, I believe.com. Let me double check. Yeah, .org. Okay. Dangerousroads.org. And this thing actually is kind of a list of all the dangerous roads, the name Nomen Omen, uh, that are out there around the world. That they're saying, okay, you can actually uh, discover something more. If you go to the left, for example, in Col de Turini, and you're going to find the gravel road that keep, uh, takes you on the top of the peak. Or if you are taking this road, it's just a one-way road, but it's perfect because you're going to write blah, 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 all these kind of things. Also there, I believe that people can find written but if there's something written like forbidden, then it means it is forbidden. And the risk can be really real. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. I'm, um, I'm this kind of adventure guy. I can, you cannot stop me. Something you cannot stop me if you don't have a gun in your hands. Let's put it in that way. <laughs> um, okay. Let's go back on track, man. Let's do... Ah, okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We said where you are doing it, and it looks like you are doing it always in the same place. But how do you choose the place where you are going for training camp? And then once that you are there, how do you choose the rides themselves? Okay, so well, uh, mainly I choose because of the temperature. I like being in places around 15, 25 degrees. So if I can find something around that, it's the place to go because it's perfect conditions for for riding. So that's that's my choice. Okay, okay, okay. And once you are there, oh, actually, let's start in from that. Uh, do you plan all your rides in advance? Of or... course, of course. Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, every day you have your plan. But let's say that uh, I prepare a schedule for the trainings. And then once once I'm in the place, I check what rides around here can be the useful one for for the training. I mean, if I have to do to do three hours flat, I'll not go up on a mountain. You know? So uh, I choose a little bit accordingly. If I have to go do intervals, I, I like uh, steep mountain or stuff like that. But yeah. Uh, most, yeah, let's say that the rides are more or less planned in advance. The, yeah, the timeline is planned in advance, then you, you see a little bit what can fit. Yeah, because for me, it's a bit kind of a different thing. I usually uh, try to go in place. So how I, how I decide, I'm, I usually decide uh, depending on, okay, I've never been there. It's time to go there. I try to choose different places in different situations in different times. And uh, how do I choose my rides over there? Okay, beforehand going there i usually try to let's say have uh, a bit of an eye a glance on my favorite uh, website dangerousroads.org obviously uh, then i will try to understand okay i want to go here and i want to go there and then i will try to put something like black on white something like drawing into commute the ride that i want to do in that way it's also easier you hit the save button and you have it directly in your wahoo and it's pretty easy even if this is kind of a plan that usually I do in advance because I like to dream about, okay, I'm going into this new play, in this new place and I'm going to ride over there and I've never been there. I need to know which kind of things I need to check. And that's a thing. And then I like to dream in front of my computer on what's, what is going on. Even if once that I arrive in the place, the, usually the thing that I do, the first night I go out, I try to sneak peek is there if there are something like uh, other cyclists or whatever around, and then ask them, okay, guys, what have you done today? Where should I go? Battery locals. And in that way, without GPS and without nothing, only with some ideas of my dangerousroads.org, I go out just with the goal, the main goal of losing myself. I did more or less the same. I came here with just one goal, climbing the Teide, this 46-kilometer mountain. But at the airport, Simon told me that it's on another island. <laughs> it's actually in Tenerife. So I planned my ride just 
follow Simon wherever he's going. But Simon, are you sure that he's in Tenerife and is not in Gran Canaria? I'm pretty sure that the date is in Tenerife. <laughs> Carlo discovered it, uh, yeah, on the first day. He said, "Ah, oh, there, there's the data here." I was like, uh, "No, you, you, it's like a ship away from here." <laughs> you know which one is the point, Carlo. For me, it's exactly the same. When I usually do um, some rides, or as it happens, something like a week of riding together with Simon, I usually drop the mic and I say, Simon, you're my guide. Let's do whatever you want. It's completely fine. He's going to find something like a perfect scenario for you. Then the only thing that you have to be worried about is actually to come back home alive. Exactly. It's Everything is fine till you hit the 20% uh, gradient climb. <laughs> okay, Carlo, uh, we, we need to know about this story. Tell us more. <laughs> well, um, so we woke up and he showed me this uh, Strava uh, route and we started cycling. One hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. I was riding my best almost 1000 um, VAM and then I was like okay now let's stop the, the climb should be over soon no the climb was starting so we were hitting this climb called Corizal it's like Carizal uh, yeah Carizal I forgot the name I don't want to know anything about that climb anymore so it's 10 kilometers 10% gradient with the first two kilometers at are about how much? 17%, 18%? And so I was 70 kilometers away from home. So I couldn't go back. <laughs> I had to go keep on riding the bike. I, I have to say it was very, very annoying. The only thing I was thinking was not I have to go up to the end. I have to... Oh, it would be very cool to do this um, challenge. The only thing I was thinking were how can I insult Simon at the top <laughs> when I see him again? Okay, okay, it makes sense. It makes. But the question, the real question is: Did you walk, or you just have ridden for all the time? No, I did. I did. I did Zoncolan, so you can do everything else after you do Zoncolan. Don't tell me. We have it in the plan of this year, myself and the guy that is close to you. And wow. No. I don't want to I listen to that. I gave him all the necessary information, you know. I gave him the Strava route, the gradients and everything. But if you read about that, come on. The point is that people that are, are watching at you before knowing yourself on the bike, that everybody says and thinks, okay, if Simon can do it, should be easy, right? Then you jump on your bicycle and you are a fucking monster. That's the point. No, uh, there, there was just one little trick that during this, it, 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 he said it right before, it's like 10 kilometers at 10%. But there is like a downhill of one kilometer in the middle. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. That's why the last two kilometers are around 17%. Makes sense. Uh, I'm not as fast as Simon. So if Simon suffers for 40 minutes, for me it's like one hour and 20 minutes suffering. <laughs> so it's really tough to follow Simon around these uh, hilly highlands. I can say probably we can put something like I believe that Simon must uh, must do on his I don't know on himself he can decide where something like a tattoo written I'm not a normal Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. I'm very uh, because far from, from the time that the professional climbers do on on these hills. So. Ah yeah yeah for sure for sure but you are not a professional climber you are a monster. That's different. Uh, let's talk about the bicycle. How did you deal with the bicycle in the training camp? I, I brought my bicycle. So yeah, from this year, I decided to yeah, to buy a bag for the bike. Um, for me, it's a very good option. So since I'll travel a little bit this year, uh, you're just more comfortable. I mean, you know what you're riding. Um, no surprises. And works. But were you scared about how people will would handle your bicycle to loading it into the aircraft? A, a little bit. But I've already boarded it once and I've seen how they treat it. Um, it's, it's pretty okay. So 
if you have a good bag, um, and there are some very good brands that do them. We can talk about brands. Who cares? Tell me which kind of bag do you have, and then I will tell you mine. I have a Cycon. Um, okay, which one? The uh, the last one, uh, Aero, Aero Comfort Free, something like that. But it's the soft one. Yeah, the soft one. Yeah. Ah, okay. We have the same. We have the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You know that I have some... You have caliper brakes, right? Yes. Uh, okay. I think I have problems with that because... Okay, I... With discs? Yeah, I have... Uh, actually, I've moved my hammer with me a lot of times and it's perfect for that. But with my 3T Explorer, I got some problems when I brought it to Mallorca because with the disc, you have actually the through axle that are a bit longer. Also the clearance. Okay, the anyways, the Explorer is a different bike. It's a special bike. But I got some problem on putting everything together and I was pretty, pretty, pretty scared on bringing, on bringing it there and bringing it back. But I would say that Chicon usually is an amazing brand, especially in this kind of padded uh, bags. Uh, it's, I would say that it's kind of, uh, you can be pretty. Now, I don't want to say thank, let me touch wood in a certain way, but you could be, you can be really, really safe on that. Even though I believe that sometimes actually renting a bicycle, especially if you're traveling in a place like Gran Canaria in this case, or Mallorca, as I've done, or if you go, I don't know, to Girona, to Calpe, or whatever, probably also having a bit less of a problem of thinking about or stuff to think about could be also a good idea to rent a bike because usually you can get an high-end, really cool bicycle for a fair price. I have done this last year in Mallorca. I got a Pasculli, thanks to a service name of the service is List and & Ride. And it was an amazing bicycle. It was actually, I don't remember the, the, the name of the model, but it was a Pasculli with amazing Mavic uh, wheels and uh wahoo also there i didn't have to bring neither my own pedals and this was a really lucky strike for me and also there was there the power meter and for a price that was actually cheaper than uh, bringing my own bicycle over there and this was really a cool thing but that's so you were riding with a power meter i was riding in the power meter when i was in mallorca two times ago yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and i can tell you that it was an amazing yeah, a way of doing it. I just rented the best bike to try to keep up with the monster. The only okay, which bicycle did you, did you rent? Uh, a Cannondale here. It's um, pretty light, solid. It's a, it's a Super 6. It's not a Synapse. So. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I, I was scared about no, it. No, no, it was, it was the first thing. He asked me for, for some advice. So I said him one thing. Don't take the Synapse. So apart from that, you can also take the CAAD, the CAD. It's completely fine, but don't touch that synapse, please. <laughs> the only small piece of advice that we have, given that you have to ride for 50 hours a week, just bring your own saddle. Okay. It can avoid problems yeah. at the end of the training camp. Yeah. I can say that saddle is something so delicate. And uh, once that you find the saddle that is perfect for your bum, then <laughs> don't touch it anymore. Oh, but that's actually some very good advice. Anywhere you go, just take off the saddle from your bike if you need to rent it and put it on. Um, yeah. It's minimal effort and works well. And I can tell you that probably it's more important to bring your own saddle than your pedals. Because worst case scenario, if you don't have the pedals and it's mandatory to get your own pedals, you can buy a pair of those and you can buy a pair of looks for 40 bucks. But the saddle is something hard. It's something where you're sitting the whole day and it's not good. You're going to spend a lot more money actually to put everything in the right place at the end. So, yeah. I can tell you because it happened to me, so that's why. Mm -hmm. uh, do we have some other topics? I have it here on my face. Let me check what you have written. Okay, which one are the difficulties, actually? Talking about the low point, what is the problem that you can face while you are on a training camp? Well, for, for me, I was here with Carlo, but also with um, for a couple of days with some other guys. For me, it was waking up at... 8.39, whatever they wanted to go, early morning rides. 
uh, that just didn't work for me. Uh, I like to wake up late. I'm on holidays after all, so I can still do my four or five hours of cycling, even if I start at 11. I'm so when, when, when we had this group rides, yeah, meeting points uh, in the center at eight in the morning. I was like, you seriously? Uh, you know what? You can go ahead. I will catch you later. <laughs> you can say that. You can say that. But I'm completely at your side for that. Leave me alone. It's a training camp. Okay. Yeah. But we are already waking up early in the morning in summer because it's too hot or because we have to do the races. Yeah. No, and another thing that might be difficult is to uh, find the right measure of training for you uh, and avoid overloading. Mm. Uh, because let's let's make an example. Um, here in Gran Canaria, uh, a couple of friends decided to do the um, the whole route around the um, the island. So that was seven or eight hours on the saddle. Mm. They did it. They were very happy about it. But that how much is it? A couple of hundred kilometers. <laughs> it's one hundred and ninety. Uh, okay. Like 190 with almost 3,000 meters of up uphill. Oof. And yeah, uh, as you can expect, uh, that was a very fun ride for them. But that meant that they had to almost stop for two days afterwards to recover. So if you go on overload, it's a bit, uh, yeah, you might regret it. Yeah, because you have also... It's if you think about that, actually, you're thinking, okay, the training camp is one week, is 10 days, is two weeks, is a long time. Actually, it's not. Time, time flies when you're having fun. And if you have to avoid to, riding your, to ride your bicycle for two days, even out of 10 or out of seven, it's really, really a bummer. So it's better not to push so much. For my in my opinion, actually, this is a a topic that you put over here uh, overnight here. So I didn't prepare anything about that. In my opinion, for sure, waking up early in the morning is not a thing, really. I'm on vacation. I can go out. Ten o'clock is already fine. Is you have I don't know six hours in front of you where you can ride, so it's fine. And overloading for me is never a problem, even if the first time that I've done a training camp proper one, the first day when I got the bicycle, I actually didn't say hi to anybody. I just jumped on the bicycle and I've done almost two hundred kilometers just because I wanted to go to Sagalobra to here to there and whatever. And I can completely see the point that the day after was. It was something like an experience. I will never do it anymore. But the real problem for me is really try not to get lost. Because that's something that always happened to me. Usually I have a rough idea where I want to go. And I have a rough idea on which kind of training I want to do. Usually I go in training camps when I want to put 3 kilometers on my legs. So it's only endurance for me. But getting lost just because my nose is really up on the sky and I'm watching... Oh, look, this is amazing. Look at this color. I want to make a picture of this. And of that, then getting lost is really one second. And then you end up doing 200 kilometers because you lost your way. I can completely relate to this. Most of the time, I don't know. I have no clue where I am. I have no <laughs> clue where I'm going. The only thing that I know is that I need to follow Simon. <laughs> if you can. If I can. And I've learned all the sponsors behind his jersey. In this, I do hours and hours behind Simon. I can see the wine, the winemaker, the that is sponsoring his team, uh, all the stuff. And the other thing that I always know is we are going. I don't know where. I don't know why. I don't know when we are going to arrive. But I know that we are always going at two hundred watts. No matter oh. what, two hundred watts. <laughs> That is not so much, if you think about... Hey, it's not so much. <laughs> With, for somebody like Simon, that actually, he has a threshold, uh, a minimum threshold of 250. So for him, it's fine. For, for an insurance broker whose uh, <laughs> main effort of the week is going office, pub, pub, home, maybe in reverse order, uh, uh, for three, four hours, it's pretty something. If you can do it, I would say, because <laughs> going then from the office directly directly to the pub is doable. The point is that going back home from the pub, ah, especially if you are with a bicycle, sometimes it's complicated. Oh, 
and also going back from your house to the office the following day, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you can call yourself sick. It's fine. <laughs> Sickness is always the solution. That's not a problem. Uh, do we want to talk about how uh, how are the rides? The rides that you are planning, how they must be? Yeah, as I told you, uh, I prepare a schedule for the whole week, so I know how many hours, more or less, um, I I can do the next day. I of course keep some days that are completely free, so I just ride by feeling. Uh, to, you know, as you said at the end of the story, it's also some holidays. But um, I, yeah, I, I usually plan all the rides by counting the hours that I need to do. So uh, I know that I have to do five hours. Uh, I know that on these roads I can average 22, 24, 26 kilometers per hour. So I try to plot a route that has. 100, 120 kilometers uh, with two, 3,000 uh, meters uphill. So that's the way that uh, yeah, I like to, to draw my, my courses. For me, actually, the way of planning the rides and actually how the ride must be itself, different every day. Try to get new places every day if you can. And... Uh, Let's say the most important thing is try to get home before the sunset. Oh, yeah. But that, that shouldn't be a problem. Come on. As long as you don't want to do mega, mega, mega rides. Uh, yeah. I have a limit of six hours. So in six okay. hours. I usually have lights with me. No, come on, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It happens. It happens. Also, this thing. It happened a lot, couple of times that I went out in the morning, and then you stop here, you stop there, and then you ride here, you ride there, and then you get lost. That's that's the that's the problem. The stopping. I told you already. You have to stop. You have to stop. You have to speak with people. I don't stop to eat, or I don't stop mainly to make pictures or whatever. Also, because these are short stops, anyways. But I really only stop because, okay, th these guys here at the bar looks nice. Yeah, Let's stop a minute. Then I stop and I speak with them for a couple of hours. You, you find people during the road all, all the time. I mean, you just overtake them and you speak a little bit with them and then you go forward. Yeah, but the point is that the people that are, if you overtake them, and I believe that you're doing it all the time, the only thing that they can tell you is while actually with really heavy breath and whatever, motherfucker, <laughs> stuff like that. That's not a conversation. That's actually swearing and that's different. Mm. Mm -hmm. Meh. Uh, then we have to talk about recovery and into the recovery part, I would like actually to squeeze also the food side. Yeah, it's a pretty relevant part at the end of the story. Yeah. Um, one of the first things that we did here was yeah, to, to get some proteins, extra proteins for recovery. Um, yeah, some, we have some shakes, uh, some smoothies that we do uh, on a daily basis. Um, as we said already uh, in another episode, the, the most important uh, thing is what you eat in the first 30 minutes after the ride. So that has to be a little bit planned. Uh, you need to have a good mix of carbs and proteins. And if you don't have with you the food, you just go and get it somewhere. There are supermarkets, there are sports shops, gyms that can, can give you what you need. If you if you yeah if you don't plan a little bit on that you can find yourself in trouble after three four days. Okay, okay. So you're talking about making, for example, a smoothie or drink some uh, uh, chocolate milk exactly. uh, with some uh, carb or protein powder into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, usually the the moment we come home uh, after the ride, we just start eating. Uh, so we know before the shower. shower. Yeah, yeah, before the shower, just, yeah, yeah, you, you come into the house, go to the bathroom if you need quickly, and then, yeah, fuel yourself with what you really need, so which, which can be whey, which can be uh, Haribo things, <laughs> I'm pretty a big fan of Haribo. So they're made with the bones of the pigs. No, 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 it's not true. Yeah, yeah. Depends on the Haribos, maybe, but okay, okay. If you, if you read the back yeah. the back side of the Haribo, and the ingredients are pretty much okay. They are pretty much with fulfilled with numbers. Uh, not as much as you might think, uh, but okay, 
Okay, sorry, it was actually the organic guy. I was thinking the same, but it, it's not really this way. Okay, okay, I trust you. I trust you more than myself <laughs> in nutrition, so it's fine. No, but uh, uh, really, to replenish uh, your body with what your body needs is, is very important. That can be also fruit or liquids, because during the ride you lose a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of water. Uh, if you just don't think about these things, uh, after a couple of days, it's not going to work. What about the recovery part? Recovery parts, uh, let's say, uh, as a routine uh, in the training camp, right after eating, I was going to the swimming pool. So in the swimming pool, uh, I was doing more or less an hour of stretching every day with some core exercises, trying to put also my, my feet, my legs in the water, which was pretty cold. And mm -hmm. that helps a lot. So you feel that uh, with the stretching, with some water, with some good exercises, um, the next day you're way better uh, on your bike than without it. Okay, okay. And since you're in a training camp, you actually have time to do it. So it's not yeah. that if you if you start at the ride at 10, you do four hours ride, you come back at two. You eat, you do something, it's three o'clock. And what do you do from three o'clock until the evening? You have some time for yourself, so... That's the beauty of the training camp. Yeah, I can tell you that for me, the training during the tra the training, sorry, the recovering during the training camp is not so big. So the recovery time, because for me, it's really going out for the doing longer hours on the on the bike and uh, enjoying new places and discovering new places. So it is like it is. Uh, but anyways, actually, in the recovery side, I can tell you that for sure, having a bit of stretching and, if possible, having something like, I don't know, swimming in the swimming pool or whatever is pretty important. But the most important things are two. First of all, sleeping. There's nothing better than an amazing nap after a long ride. I usually do it. Even if I come back at home at 6 o'clock after showering and then, no, stretching, showering, eating something, there is half an hour, one hour nap straight. <coughs> That's the most important thing. And then obviously there is eating. Eating is the most important thing. I don't have usually magic powders or magic smoothies or, um, I don't know, protein bars or whatever. I usually eat whatever is local. When you're going to the south of Spain, for sure, tomatoes with bread is no-go. Maybe with some ham, it's perfect. So because you have carbs, you have liquids, and you have uh, proteins. It's pretty easy. Otherwise, usually you are going in uh, really countryside places or whatever. So eggs are really uh, handy um, here and there. And otherwise, you know it better than me. The two magic words of my diet are polpette and gelato. <laughs> I, I had no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget about polpette. Don't forget about gelato. It depends on when you go or where you go, obviously. Because when is every, every day is a good day for polpette. Every day is a good day for gelato, for sure. But usually south of Spain or this kind of places, gelato is amazing. So. Yep. Okay, do you have something to add over there, guys? Bah, we're pretty... I think we covered quite a bit of training camp, no? So, so yeah, I would say that actually, if you can, maybe this is kind of an advice that we can give to everybody. If you can, just have a look, something like go around, surf a bit in Google Flights. Somebody prefers a Skyscanner, Opodo, or whatever you want check some amazing places where you can go and also enjoy and ride your bicycle and do it. There's nothing better than going off season in, uh, because that's another point, you know, places like Mallorca, Gran Canaria, or I don't know, the countryside uh, close to the south of uh, France or south of Italy or whatever, in January, February, December, usually the period when you are doing uh, the training camp is off season. So it's a good vacation, it's a warm weather, and it's also cheaper than other things. Yeah, yeah. So go outside and do the training camp. Or on the other side, we, can, we could probably do a training camp for Eastern. <laughs> That's also... That could be a... No, but as I was saying, we were having this conversation beforehand, before the recording to start. 
Norway in the Easter period. We are talking this year, we are going to talk about the end of April. I need already to hit the mountains. Of course, that's training camp. You do it in the mountains. I live in Switzerland. Uh, I want to reach at least 1,500 meters in that period. Um, it's, it's not that it has to be on the beach. Training camp can, can be whatever. You just need a, a mountain that is at least probably 40 minutes, one hour long, so you can do some good training. But an hour long, it's, it's yeah. Well, if you start from 1,000 meters, you count to 2,000, 2,300, 2,200. I don't know. It's really, it's already too much time. And actually, I'm here stuck in the valley now since October, I would say. It's already almost three months that we are stuck in the, in the valleys. I can't really wait for the passes to open. <laughs> and so we can go there and uh, really uh, catching a fighting bare hands with the real ones, the real mountains. I moved to Switzerland only to do that. Probably I believe that is a bit extreme doing it at the end of, of April, but I have a, I actually have a gravel bike. I can do it. Mm. Let's see. Let's see. Otherwise, next year is going to be mountain bike year. I know it already. <laughs> it's not a good place to be stuck in the valley. Never. Uh... That's another tattoo. I suggest you to make another tattoo. Never be stuck in the valley. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'm not a true guy. Yeah, stuck in the valley is not a good place. <laughs> okay, so just to put again everything, a couple of step backs in a context. We are today here, it's Friday, January the 4th, and you are going back home tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow in the afternoon, so there's enough time for four or five hours in the morning. Okay, so it means that from the day after tomorrow on, you're going to be again on top of your trainer. Exactly. Sweating in front of your fan. Yeah, I'm not really missing my trainer, but he's a good friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good friend for some season, you know. It's something like, I don't know, uh, it's this kind of uh, um, seasonal food that you are not really missing it, but when you are together, you are fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, I would say that it was a pleasure to talk with you. And uh, thanks, Carlo, to be part of our uh, insane and random brainstorming and recording today. Thank you. <laughs> uh, please, um, uh, out there to everybody, just because you are a special guest today, share these episodes with everybody. For sure, somebody else apart from us need to have fun with our bullshit. So. Absolutely. <laughs> cool, guys. So enjoy your way back and enjoy your mountains tomorrow. Do you want to say something? Simon? No, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm ready to go to sleep to be ready for tomorrow. <laughs> Perfect. Go to sleep because it's already 8, no, 7.30 for you over there. It's time to go to sleep. And we are going to talk next month because I want to know what is going to happen for you in this season. We're going to go deep on it for sure. Yeah, we will see. We will see. Yeah, exactly. I I have no plan yet, so I have to sit down and write something. Probably this weekend is going to be the weekend where it's setting up something. Oh, you have one plan. I, I have something set on stone. <laughs> I don't have a plan, but I have to build up the buildings. Okay, okay. Something okay. like close to it. And I have a couple of uh, ideas, but nothing set up yet. And I would love actually to bring you to um, a gravel event. So let's see. Yeah. Could work. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm I know, I know. It's going to be great. Yeah. Ciao, guys. Talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Bye. How do you feel after it? It's cool, right? Now everybody wants to go to Gran Canaria, Las Palmas, or whatever, to enjoy some sun on the African coast and have some warm rides around. I don't think I'm gonna do it this year also because I'm focusing a bit more in some more adventure that are gonna come in June, so not enough holidays for my job, unfortunately, but I really suggest to everybody to do this. And next time, I think that next year, I'm gonna grab my bicycle and during the Christmas time, I'm gonna have some rides and a real training camp, but in Calabria, in my birthplace. Anyways, it's same kind of uh, weather and amazing roads and amazing mountains. So why not to do that? Well, I would say that we can shut the conversation right now. And uh, just remember, please send me a lot of emails. Hello at calamara.cc. It's always my email. If you want to give me feedback or send me a piece of cake or just send me a GIF because it's better from electronic mail. 
and anything like this send me an email over there contact me feedback are always always super appreciated then uh, yes my social media where you can find everything is gonna happen for me next week at the 3t factory so is instagram is instagram.com calamaro cc same thing on facebook calamaro cc facebook.com slash calamaro cc then read calamaro on twitter and then this podcast is hosted by Spreaker, but you can find everything also on Spotify, iTunes, and it's not iTunes, it's Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Please subscribe, share, and comment. What else to say? Nothing. I will talk to you next week with another amazing episode. Bye. Who smiles can Who simply must give in? Who's